new meta, episode 7, here at Puggles and Warlock with Glenn. Yeah. So Hi. Glenn. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Puggles. Uh, so, Glenn, give us a bit, a bit about your own background to start us off and, and how that transitioned into your business. I came from the hospitality industry at yeah. a pub for 20 years, Sportstown, mm-hmm. uh, indoor wow. soccer complex. 20 restaurant. years is a long time yeah. in that business. Most people don't last that long. Yeah, it was a very unique building. Yeah. 5.1 acres, uh, indoor soccer, tennis, restaurant, bar, pool. So there's a number of different features to it. Yeah. Um, that was starting to wind down. Property became too much. Decided to sell the property. Um, this project was starting at the same time. Four different people, four different business minds. So it worked. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And then... How long ago did you launch? We took the building July 2015. Yeah. We brewed our first beer in January of 2016. Wow. Okay. April of 2016, we then opened the tasting room. Yeah. So, lounge license endorsement took longer. And yeah. Yeah. As it always does in, yeah. in BC. Hey, it's 9 to 12 months now. I just talked to them a few days ago about something wow. that's 9 to 12 months. Yeah. Wow. Wow. A lot of fun. So, the four minds that came together. Yep. Form, uh, the, what were the different backgrounds? Because you, you had there's a financial background. Yep. Um, Cam Slate, who is no longer an operating partner of the business. Dan Collier, um, who's our beer designer and creative Mind. person. Yeah. And then Tom Orange is our sales and marketing and our president. And then myself in the hospitality department. Oh. So, so you kind of covered all the bases. Yeah, I think we have. Yeah. Um, it's a daily grind for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, what were the kind of the struggles as a well as a craft beer, you know, startup in a in a kind of growing market, and especially what we got in at the right time, I think. Yeah. Previous to that, though, we would had a brand. We had brewed at Dead Frog Brewing, um, doing some contract brewing, so we had a little bit of a foothold in the market. Yeah. So, a little easier. We were in some liquor stores. We had some pub relationships. So. But the biggest thing is getting liquor stores, getting your local people to to buy in is easy. Yeah. Right in your neighborhood, that's easy. Yeah. Getting the rest out there, and it's cash flow. Yeah, is that kind of the, the hardest thing you've got, like reaching outside, like Delta? Because you, your locals are... Richmond. Richmond? Not Delta. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you're not Four Winds. No, you're not Four Winds. <laughs> Um, good friends of ours, but not Four Winds. But you would probably expect some of the Delta folk as well. Oh, yeah. The no, neighbors. we do. Um, we're in 600 liquor stores now, so it's expanding. Wow. I mean, again, four salespeople took a long time to get there. Yeah. Um, we're probably in 120 bars downtown now. Yeah. Um, and our reach is pretty good. Abbotsford's a massive community for us. Yeah. Um, craft beer community as well with Trading Post. Um, Chilliwack's growing leaps and bounds, so yeah. we're going in hope. Wow. Yeah. And so, like, do you find, have you found that you've kind of filled a niche or you're kind of... Well, our motto is keeping beer weird. Yeah. Um, we don't brew to a standard, for sure. We don't win a whole ton of judged awards in competition. We did, we have won Canadian yeah. Beer Awards and BC Beer Awards, but that's, ours is about our following and People's Choice Awards and Festival Awards. Yeah. yeah. We win a fair number of those. Our beer's a little different. You can see our artwork's a little different. Yeah. So we do have a niche market. It's more of the geek culture. Yeah. Um, How did you guys tap into that? Like, 
where did that come from? Like that creative kind of, we're gonna keep here weird. And how, how do you, you stay tapped into that? Because it's, you know, like launching with the idea of like, we're gonna do this is one thing, but keeping it there is very yep. difficult. We had two, Dan Collier, who's Fuggles, yeah. Tony Iacy, who's Warlock, yeah. uh, we're homebrewers together. They made a couple of different casks, went down to a couple of beer festivals in the US and actually won them in Washington State. Okay. Um, the one they took first was the Strawberry Wit in a cask, um, which today is still, if you bring a Strawberry Wit cask with anything in it, it's gone. Yeah. Um, so then they just started to play with fruits and our sours are off yeah. the chart. Yeah. Um, that's sort of what we're becoming known for, is our sours. So. It's, uh, it's always changing. Our new guava sour, we had never done a guava. Yeah. It's been an absolute hit. Um, yeah, it's it's all about trying to be one step ahead. Absolutely. So, now that you're getting more into sours, I mean, obviously that presents some challenges in the sense that you got to keep things separate. And I know there's like cross-contamination. You do know your stuff. So, that's about all I know about sours, outside of that they're delicious. They take up two tanks as well because yeah. you have to reboil, so it's more of a process. Yeah. Um, we use, as I say, real fruits, so we do get some a little bit more lost than some of a regular brew. Yeah. It's very tough on your yeast. Yeah. You're, you're always trying to find a yeast that you can use in house, but when you're doing as many sours, it burns out yeast pretty quick. Yeah. Because you, you reuse yeast and yeast until it gets to a point where it's. You try to, it's dead, they call it dead, but you try to propagate it as much as you can, but it's just, right. there's a lifespan for sure. Interesting. So, the, going back to what I, I love, and it's the brand as such, yep. um, so the creative mind is very kind of uh, vast and wide, covers quite a large range of the geek culture, is that kind of representative of the kind of creative mind, or is it kind of a little bit of like, you've added to it yeah we add to it all the time yeah um, I don't think it ever changes your your reach gets bigger so that geek culture gets bigger the reach becomes more it's it's about the brand well, you mentioned brand right now we're uh, we're going through a complete new rebrand oh wow oh, that's awesome um, the new logos actually a lot of the stuff is on order now okay. um, it's about a six-month process yeah, yeah. we used a, a company called Wi-Fi development Okay. Um, they did a very good job. We've got a whole brand manual now, so you won't. Yeah. More corporate. Yes. When it comes down to it, at the end of the day, still fun, still following our our geek culture, but. Yeah, well, it kind of, when we're talking to other breweries around this kind of stuff, there's two major factors: there's brand to kind of grab people and on shelf and try the beer, and yep. the second half is beer quality and how you can keep them drinking your beer. And you've kind of got that saturation with the great beer and people going back to the strawberry wit, all the star yeah. ranges. But I guess a new brand refresh is about attracting a, a wider audience? No, or? I think it's more about keeping us on a path, on a line where we need to go um, instead of what's the next big shiny thing. Yeah, There's, there's got to be some structure. We're growing very fast. So you got to keep your policies and your procedures. Yeah. I mean, we've tripled our capacity in two and a half years. Wow. Yeah. Um, we started with six tanks worth 12, and they're much larger than what they first were. Um, 
it's about being more corporate. I mean, it is still fun. You're gonna find the brands gonna be really fun. All new labels. Yeah. Uh, but there'll be refinement to it. Yeah. So that's that's the big change in the brand for sure. And I, and I guess consistency. I guess for those rules, kind of. Build exactly. There's a brand manual that says label A has to look the same as label B. Yeah. Um, you'll see if you get ours on a shelf, they, we did try to simulate them by having the Fuzzle the Morlock at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't bring out what the brand really was. So now we've changed the label, it's a vertical label, it's gonna, tons of wood grain in it. It's, it's a very classy label. Yeah, and, it, and it's a struggle for you know many, many breweries who have been around probably a little bit longer and, and grown up very fast. Like yep. we worked with a, a brewery on the island that had that same problem where they had over the years, they've worked with three or four designers, and there was three or four different designs, and you have to find that glue and those guidelines, those rules. Yeah, and people how need to know what's on the shelf. They need to, oh, that's a Fuggles, or that's a Lighthouse, or that's a Red Truck. Yeah. yeah. There's defining things in that, for sure. And there's definitely some who do it more to an extreme, with less fun and less play, you know what I mean? Like, with just, just saying Red Truck, for instance, yeah. you, you can pick them on the shelf, they all look the same. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Phillips is eccentric and different, but you know it's a Phillips beer. Yes. So it, it's about getting the eye to the can, liquid to the lips, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> so I hate to use those general terms, but that's yeah. what it is. Well, it's a, yeah. So from like more of a business side, then um, what does the next year or, or so hold? So you're going through this rebrand, obviously looking to expand your distribution. Um, Not really. No? <laughs> Trying to maintain distribution. We're going to bring our distribution. We, we export to a lot of different markets here in South Korea, yeah. Brazil. We've been in Japan a couple of times, uh, smaller bit in Taiwan, mm-hmm. um, Alberta, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Ontario, and uh, New Brunswick is uh, blowing up for craft wow. beer. Uh, but we're going to try to start dial that back and bring it back into BC. Okay. Focus on our core a little bit more. Yeah. Um, build from within slowly. Um, again, it goes back to that corporate. You have to be local to be big, and then you can go from there. Well, yeah, I guess that goes back to like not wanting to fight a two front war. Yep. It's like you know, fight it at home plus outside. You're so, so, so shore, shore up the. Yeah, you're stripping resources, you're sending people all over the country yeah. to do quality control, festivals. It becomes becomes too cumbersome at times and yeah. And it comes down to margins. Yeah. Margins are not as great outside your own territory. Yeah. Shipping costs is nothing to sneeze at, I guess. And correct. Yeah. Even deliveries, I mean, we're very big on Vancouver Island. I would yeah. say yeah, a third of our business goes to the island. Wow, we have wow. a driver four days a week on the island. Wow. Um, That's quite a bit. It's crazy. Yeah, There's, I would have never thought a third. Yeah, I mean, we've had tr- people trying to piggyback with us and go over with us, but we just we just don't have space. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very large, and the Okanagan is starting to really take off. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I guess the other restriction is space. Have you got room to... We do. Tanks. Um, no, we don't have room for a dozen, but we have a room for some. And it, but that comes down to utilizing space better. And you may have to get an offsite warehouse for dry goods and so on. Yeah, those are. That's the biggest thing right now is space and capacity. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, and then on the concept of having fun, is there kind of a barrel aging process um, you're considering you with an offsite? That there's a couple of barrels in play right now, right over be, behind my right shoulder, inside the brewery. 
Um, it's a slow process. Yeah. Again, barrels take up a ton of space. Ton of space yeah. I'd love to put them right where we're sitting yeah. because of the view in the tasting room, but space yeah. issue, tasting room equals money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the barrel aging is now like a test that you guys are kind of ongoing. Yeah, we've got two in barrel right now. That'll probably be another six months okay. in yeah. barrel, five months, and then we'll see what Warlock comes up with those. Yeah. Um, but he's excited. That'll be a whole program going forward, though. Oh, it's, perfect. Is, is that going to be uh, in tasting room only, or also external? This product will be tasting room only. Yeah. Um, Hopefully in our next couple of ventures, you'll be able to have them in different colors and more like tap rooms. I, I love the concept of tasting room only. Yep. Barrel age because, you know, uh, as much as people may consume your brand, it gives them an excuse to come here and then really experience the brand outside of, you know, the liquor store. No matter what, you need people in your door to see what you do and how your people feel about the brand. Yeah. You can go to good tasting rooms and bad. Yeah. I hope mine's... Uh, one of the better ones our staff really get the people yeah um, a lot of regulars but you need to incentivize those regulars to come back and you just can't put everything into market exactly one well, and by the way for we'll, we'll take some shots right after this but you know beautiful room you know definitely you. If, if you're seeing this please come down like this is a it's this, an experience this didn't look like this when we got here not uh, no, I, I two of us tore this room apart for four months um, wow. I changed concepts four different times, changed what it was going to look like four different times. Um, but it yeah, turned out okay. Yeah, definitely. A couple more of these to follow in the near future, we hope. Okay. Tap rooms. So how does that how does that work? For, is it in like a, a satellite tasting room yep. away from the main brewery? Yep. Yeah. Um, you're allowed three as a manufacturing facility. Right. You're allowed to have three tide houses, is what they're called. Yeah. Um, we've look, we're looking at some opportunities to see where those might be. But growing from core of Richmond out, so right. Set the first one within a little bit of reach of, uh, of Richmond, but not in uh, not in downtown. Yeah, <laughs> too saturated. Enough. You'll be it's knocking fair. on your neighbors' doors down in uh, Stevenson at Britannia. And... <laughs> yeah, they're good friends of ours. Yeah. We've got beer going over on our truck for them right now. Well, <laughs> that's the best thing about the craft beer market. I guess everyone wants to give you a hand if you've run out of yeast or. Do a collaboration with you or you know yeah help, help each other up yeah that's i mean at the end of the day everyone buys from the same people yeah um all the products that you're gonna buy your shirts and your hats and your yeast and your malts and your everyone buys from the same people yeah. um if someone can't supply it you've got it why not help them yeah. you're gonna get it back in spades anyways um i know we borrowed yeast from four winds and parallel 49 <laughs> it just happens um it's a good community Someone yeah. could open beside me, and I'd be pretty happy to have another brewery right beside me. Yeah. And how does that compare to, like, you know, the hospitality industry? Somebody opens next door, it's not the best. <laughs> it's totally different. Um, there's two sides to that as well in the hospital, in the restaurant business. You just got to be better than the guy beside you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you got to offer different things. You can't just be standard. We do a food truck uh, four days a week before we're getting a kitchen permit now. Uh, not a, nothing elaborate, yeah. small, um, tidy, easy. Um, but people do help out in in ways that you just wouldn't expect another business to. I'd yeah. love, literally love to have another one. It drives people to the area. Yeah, they're going to take your product to go. They're going to see the difference in a tasting room. So there's yeah. 
tour more in one area almost becomes a, a destination. That's you know, exactly but, but yeah. before we, we before we started filming, we were talking about brewers around Coquitlam. Yeah. You know, like if, if there was only one brewery there, that phenomenon probably would not happen. Let's but it's the fact that you have three right next to each other, and then, and then one like down the road a yeah. little bit. But it's all within five minutes walking yeah. distance at the end of the day. Yeah. Creates this hub for people to congregate in. It's a good thing and a bad thing. You can't get in the door at some of those places on yeah. a Saturday afternoon yeah. too, and sometimes that's disappointing. But people have those choices. Um, we're in the middle of an industrial area. Yeah. Um, transportation is decent for a bus. Yeah. Um, but I think if we had another one, the city might look at how they could encourage more people to the area. Yeah. We're looking at a shuttle service now from hotels, and okay. that'll then creep the people to the brewery. Excuse me. Um, but it's a process. But I, I, love also, it. I also think that cities really like breweries, especially when you compare them to say like a pub or like that more that kind of feel. Because I mean, there's less issues with a lo- like a business yeah. like this in terms of like late night, you know, problems. The type of clientele is a lot calmer. It is. Um, I had a pub for 20 years, as I say. I fretted between 11 and 1 a.m. Um, we actually yeah. stay open late on the weekends here. We're uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday until midnight. Okay. But it's a totally different vibe. Yeah. Um, totally different atmosphere. You, you, we have wine. We have cider. We'll never do any hard liquor. Yeah. Um, I don't even do it for events. Um, the city, you mentioned the city, they've been great. Yeah. They really have. They, um, we do a lot of events with them. They invite us to many different things. Yeah. Chamber of Commerce. Okay. Richmond Tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, those get more play than a pub's going to get for sure. (laughs) (laughs) They're not, they're not wanting chicken wings. They want crafty, local, people employing more people. Yeah. So, seven of us to start and 40-ish now. Wow. 40? Yeah. Yeah, 40 on a, not all full-time, obviously. I mean, that's a very short timeline because, I mean, brewed your first beer 2016. Yep. We're, like, in the middle of 2019 now. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, in business terms, like, that's not a long time. No, it's, it's very short yeah. growth or time for that growth. We've, I guess the highest we got to is 42. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a tough to manage at times, but it's last summer we were full blast, two full-time shifts per day. Wow. Um, we're getting there again right now, yeah. so it's probably time to ramp up again. That's a, our busy season this summer. So. Yeah. so what's your seasonality then, that being said? Like, summer obviously... Everyone ramps up in yeah. no matter what, yeah. unless Keep, you're failing. <laughs> um, you're ramping up May 1st, maybe April 15th, right till se- middle of September. Right. And then it'll dip. Yeah. People go back to school, and then middle of November, Christmas comes, and it's full on again till yeah. January. And then people yeah. say that they're not going to drink, and then they give up after 10 days. Yeah. So that it's like I like week. those people that give Solid. up. <laughs> yeah. I like the people that try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's too delicious. They can't. I, I hope that's the case. <laughs> so, so basically, you see those two dips. I mean, outside of that, I mean, you, because you guys have been growing constantly, even those dips, like, they're kind of needed to recharge and like, yeah, staff because, needs a break. Yeah, everyone needs a break. I mean, we push into the tasting room. We try really hard at getting people in the tasting room. Yeah. So we're doing constantly events and parties and corporate right. events. So it does task people. Yeah. And these guys work hard in the back. It's not air conditioned, and yeah, it's, uh, I assume it's it can't be. 
well, I guess it can, but I'm not paying for it. <laughs> Plus, we have the window, open windows into the brewery. We'd have to close all of those off. Mm. There's just so many factors. Right, to it. right. Um, we we treat them well. They can go for breaks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's worse things than working in a in a brewery. I think there are some benefits for sure. <laughs> there are some drinking benefits. Yeah, they they may off shift take off shift. <laughs> yes, we take care of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for upcoming collaborations and or new releases, what, um, what do you guys have coming in the next maybe three months that you can disclose? Yeah. We have two new beers coming. One is a Saison. I won't tell you anything about that. Um, so that is a month away. And then we have a new Sour as well that'll be a collaboration. I believe it's, we're going to do it with Britannia again. So if you can read between those lines, we've done one in the past with them. There may be something along the same lines. Yeah. So. And then we've got our, in the fall, we've got all our regular coming out, our dark side for, yeah. it's a Russian Imperial Stout. We have our wet hop coming in September, so. So is that, are you constantly evolving the, the kind of the seasonals and looking to change them up? Or is it, or if you've got a, a select bunch of beers We have a now, core now. Um, that I don't think will change from started with strawberry. Destiny IPA is our flagship IPA. Yeah. It's what I drink daily. Um, our Pixel Pilsner, a little hoppier Pilsner than some. We brought Kawami, uh, the Plum Sour, into our, it's our number one song skew. It goes yeah. crazy. Wow. Um, Gin Line Pilsner we introduced last summer, fall, um, and that's going very well. And then we introduced two four-pack, uh, 473 cans, mm-hmm. um, a Light Force IPA and a Fusion, sorry, Light Force Pale Ale and a Fusion IPA. So those are what our core is. I don't know if those last two will stay in the core. Right. Yeah. Um, the 473 fat is a fat, I believe. You believe it's a fat? Yeah. Um, doesn't work for us as well. Yeah. Um, number of different factors, I guess, but... We tried it to place yourself between two particular beers, what we tried to do. Yeah. Um, we still sell a lot of them, but it, it adds pressures in the back. You're changing canning machines and so on. So you've got your own canning line? We do. Okay. Yeah, we, that's a big investment. Yeah. We started that way. I mean, we had a vision where you wanted to go. Yeah, you, I mean, you reference there's Mile 37 and um, a number of different West Coast canning that, that mm-hmm. does offsite stuff. So. We have used them um, when you're bringing out cans and you want to move volume. It's more expensive, but I guess those guys are there to more support the the, the startups who aren't at your stage. Correct. Uh, the smaller ones, for sure. Um, and there's lots of them, right? I mean, you look at what Domes has done. Domes Brewery was basically in the size of the room they're in, and well, they grew up under the space, and now they're craft collective and doing great. But they started the wrap cans because, I mean, they had no facility. Yeah. Right. So we we're a little bigger. We're twelve and a half thousand square feet. Sizable. Um, yeah. It's so there is some room. Um, we yeah. can. We started with a Mahine bottling machine and a cast canning line. So. Okay. Yeah. Great place to start. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and now there one Mahine's been bought out by a bigger company, which is great. So the support's much better. So that's our bottling. Yeah. And we're moving away from bottling as much as. A lot of the companies are from bombers. We'll keep our sours and our IPA series yep. all yep. in bombers. But moving 
away from that into cans. Is that, is that um, just because of the market change, or is there different margins made between cans and bottles, or? There is different margins, and actually, bombers have better margin than cans. Oh. Talk about bombers. Bomber, <laughs> Bomber margin. There you go. Yeah. Bomber versus can, and <laughs> there's a can. There we go. So there's uh, three of our core lineup. Yep. The Gin Line Pilsner, yeah. Pixel Pilsner, and the Kwame Plum Sour. But so yeah. this is the biggest seller so far the, in the season? It is. It's yeah. it's picking up dramatically. Strawberry Wit is listed in the government liquor store. Yes. As a spec, but this I, is I had one this weekend. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> it, this is picking never up go steam wrong. so much. Um, yeah. Quite tart, really good plum. Yeah. Um, I always say the first two are going to shock, and the third one's all plums, so... So this is part of a mix, mix pack? No, we don't do a mix pack. Um, we've applied for a mix pack. Yeah. Um, there are certain buying seasons for the government that they take certain times in. So that, that's, uh, yeah, the BC liquor is a, a, a very important part of the business, you would say? Yeah, if we had a couple more SKUs, it would uh, make our lives a lot easier. Um, they're tough to get. Um, there's a process. Yeah. yeah. Um, strawberry was accepted quite quickly. We've applied to have both of these yeah. on full-time listings. This, just totally different beer. This is made it's made with unruly gin from Wayward Distillation Company in Courtney. Cool. So it's real gin. Uh, honey-based, 100% honey-based gin. So it's a different product. It's almost like a ready-to-drink product as opposed to a beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we were talking about bombers and versus cans. Bomber has a better margin, less shelf space in stores now. People want volume. Um, yeah. So they want the six pack, they want the... the they do. The beer yeah. geek, the person that's looking for something different from a, a brewery at all times, they'll still go to a bomber yeah. and yeah. try bombers, but they're less frequent for sure. Well, for I know for myself when I'm buying beer, like when I want to try something different, I want the bombers because it's a lot less volume than the six pack, right? Yep. So it's like I can pick up like four bombers instead of like a six pack and a half or whatever it is. Yep. Right? And it's like I prefer that variety like you know like if i want like a you know a sessional beer or whatever it is it's like that's few and far apart compared to trying as much as i possibly can right? yeah the spectrum is larger in bombers for sure um, because you you do get to have one-offs and if you share them that's the way exactly if restaurants had them they should do them as a share hey you're having an appetizer you should try this exactly with that and see how that works. split it three four ways or whatever it is exactly Absolutely. well it's probably only a hundred mils short of a, a bottle of wine it is yeah it's 650 yeah. right so um you were mentioning in terms of moving away a little bit from bombers is that just for the regular lineup obviously and yeah the we'll other our, the other stuff that we'll certainly keep our sour series and our ipa experimental series yes. and bombers and we try to bring those out every 45 days Perfect. so there's always something revolving in a bomber yeah shelf space is critical so if you don't have something yeah. rotating through so we always have our strawberry our destiny yeah and then a couple of bombers on the yeah. go because shelf space is very difficult to get and to keep is well there's certain volume that you need to hit in order to yeah. stay on shelf yeah they need to see that your product's selling for yeah. sure um another reason for the 473 is they break them apart and put them in singles so your volume is a lot less sales right there's four selling units in a 24 pack and there's 24 selling units in a broken down 473 format flat and you were speaking about the, the beer nerds who kind of want to try variety because there's so much variety yep and i'm exactly that guy 
Yeah. So I, 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 I kind of look at a four pack and I squint at it because I don't really want four of a beer that I've never don't tried. Know. So you're the, you're the problem. I know. On the target it's, market. It's the, <laughs> it's the best way to, to get someone to try five different beers. Well, it, it, well the, the fun thing is I've just been to Australia and um, their process is four packs. Yep. But in every liquor store, you can break one off and buy it as a single. And then that becomes a, a, a group of three singles, basically, left. And then so you can buy the four that you want, that you love, or you can yeah. try a single. And it's a, it's a unique way of selling, but I, I'm, not, I'm not too sure how that would happen. They, they actually do break them apart in the go- private liquor stores here, right. not in the government. Yeah. Right. They want selling units volume again, right? Yeah. Um, I don't see the benefit to a lot of the, the liquor stores doing it because your margin's not that high. You're not selling as much volume. Right? Yeah. But everyone has their own business model. Yeah. Yeah. You've just got to make sure that you put your beer in there. In this yep. Bottle. That's it. Yeah. So speaking of, like, the industry has obviously gotten, like, you guys started early, but, you know, in, I think in the last, like, two years, the volume of new craft breweries is, I can't count anymore. If you asked me to do this now, I would say no way. Yeah. I right. agree. There's just, yeah. and all the people that are open, I wish them all the luck in the world. Yeah. It comes down to having great beer, and I hope they can all make great beer. Um, but there's going to be a saturation market. There, mark, there always is in every business. Yeah. Um, there's good and bad, and it's going to fluctuate. And you're starting to see it. There's a couple of breweries that are not in trouble, but they're not getting the volume that they need. Yeah. It's tough to sustain 42 people employment if you're not selling a ton of beer. Yeah. Right? Um, even if you're 10 people, that might be harder because you don't have a way into some of these places because you don't have the volume. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they don't know who you are. So it, it's it's a tough market. Yeah. Um, there's areas that are going about it right. I mean, I would, having said that, I'd open a brewery where there wasn't a brewery uh, if there was yeah. enough demographic for it. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't. Down here would be very difficult now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that an important thing to note is that I, craft breweries are taking a bite out of like the major producers, right? Like the, the Molsons and like yeah. all of that. But the thing is, is that, you know, there comes a point where that caps out and then the, every additional brewery is now fighting for the same Marcus. piece of the pie. Because, right. because there's people that drink Budweiser that, guess what? You're never going to convert them to not drink Budweiser. And they'll like, you know, they'll leave. If they walk into a pub and it's like, you have Budweiser? No, they'll actually leave the pub because you don't have like that one beer that's their go-to. And but that's the, why and those they're guys huge. aren't going to change. Yeah. No, and that's why they're huge. Yeah. Um, their marketing spend is unbelievable. Phenomenal. Right? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, they want to put on a party, I do it for two grand, they do it for <laughs> 200 grand. <laughs> right, right. Right. It's a little bit different. But I guess, you know, the point is that there's this circle of like, you know, there's the beer market, there's the craft beer market that's yep. inside of that market. Every additional brewery is now fighting they for can, the same the same yeah. pair of lips, right? Yeah. So the, the issue that it eventually becomes is that either you have to compete on taste, like in terms of the quality, but also from the shelving perspective, getting people to even pick up your product is now harder than it has ever been. And next month when, you know, one three more breweries, yeah. it becomes even harder. And if you only have one skew, that skew gets lost, yeah. right? Um, that's why tasting rooms are very valuable. Yeah. That's why they should be the heartbeat of your business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need people in the tasting room to try all of your beers because all of your beers just don't make it to shelf. Yeah. I mean, 
lucky. Most cars do. Yeah. Um, but that said, that's but, because you guys have like a track record, correct. and yeah. because you also like, in terms of like a timing perspective, your timing couldn't have been better. We were just at the right time. Exactly. There was an influx of breweries at the time, but it hadn't hit a peak, and now it's. Well, I mean, at that, I think at there's those 177 points, breweries now in the province. Wow. Well, yeah. at the point that you guys launched, like that's when the craft breweries were taking a piece out of the bigger yeah. incumbents yeah. per se. But now. And, and that was great because it's like you saw all these breweries launch and it was like, you know, the Molsons of the world were getting, you know, they were getting worried. Yep. But now it stopped. Like really like the market share isn't increasing that much no, more you're versus right. the number of people entering the crap. Yeah, like the no, crap you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you'll start to see some of the big guys buy some of the yeah. bigger. That's already breweries. happened with the down larger the, ones. Yeah. Yep, down the States for sure. Um, well, you even, you've even got Granville and VIP on the island. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, Muskoka bought Granville or Victoria. Um, yeah. Those are the big ones that come to the top yeah, of the Yeah, no, you're but, right, for sure. I mean, Sleeman is a big player, right? And, um, they're going to they're gonna buy somebody. Yeah. They'll buy somebody to get into that crop in your world. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any predictions around the timing? Or you don't want to have a guess? Around I, when you, I don't when want, you I want to sell mine. Well, no. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't predict this is a place that has been built to sell, even though there's some breweries out there who you kind of look at and you're like, yeah, this has probably been built to sell. Um, um, I mean, two local restaurateurs have bought breweries of late, right? Daniel Franco bought, uh, which is now Tap and Barrel, so he was a yeah. restaurant guy. Um, sorry, it's Brew Hall now. Yeah. yeah. So, and then the Donnelly Group has bought Postmark. So, I mean, there's, yeah. or sorry, Bomber. So there's some breweries that are, are being sold around here for sure. Yeah. Um, this isn't particularly built to sell. It's built to build. Um, yeah. We would like to build multiple tap rooms, and whether you build a brewery somewhere else to keep going, but yeah, get Alberta. your three satellites by another, build another brewery, correct? But I guess or take a, over a brewery. Yeah. So or buy the other breweries out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that you said that I found really interesting is, you know how much the tasting room matters and now it's the heartbeat of the business. Um, where do you think, you know, and, and not, not, we're not going to mention names here, but breweries that haven't gotten that part right, what do you think is the biggest mistake or mistakes that people make about their own tasting room? I can be honest, I don't go to a ton. Um, I've been to uh, lots down, uh, lots in this area. Yeah. I do benchmarking. I'm going to do it in the U.S. I'm going to go to Bellingham. Right. I'm going to go to some of these other places. Um, it really is about staff. Yeah, I don't. It's cleanliness, but it, it's about the staff. If someone doesn't greet you or want to carry on a conversation, ours is a little different. We have TVs. Yeah. We have a little bit different vibe to the room. We are. It's still about our beer. Yeah. But it's about having the person stay for more than one beer. Yes. You right. go to some breweries and. Yeah, beer's good. What are we doing here? Yeah. Right? There's just not the ambiance. Um, I like the music loud in here when we get going. Um, I don't care if someone plays the piano. It's not a stuck-up room. It's a fun room. Yeah. Um, but the staff better know your beer, and they better know your customer. Yeah. Um, and that's what I find with the successful ones, for sure. Yeah. There's some that are stale, though. They build that relationship with the customer and keep them coming back. I, I guess it comes from my pub atmosphere days when I had the pub that you need regulars. You need those people to come back every day. And we have regulars that came in and drank this, and that's all they drank. And they drank 
multiple per day. Yeah. And then two days later, they're like, ah, I gotta try this. And then I'm gonna try, this is the part that keeps bringing regulars yeah. back. I have a customer now that he'll start at the top and Works. drink. Right. And he just, he had Pixel for a year. Wow. And now he drinks sours like they're going crazy. Yeah. So it's it's about introducing people and the staff do that. Yeah. So tasting rooms vital. Yeah. Vital. Do you guys do like some of your market research within the tasting room as well yeah. in terms of like launching new things, getting the feedback? We do a cast night every Thursday. Yeah. Um, we did a research and development where we sold tickets. We gave everyone 12 beer, 12 tasters. Um, Dan and Tony spoke on all of the product. Uh, we did a blind taste test one time, just like a wine tasting, and took everyone's feedback from that. We got two beers out of that. Wow. Um, it's not very good when you think we had 14 to sell, or 14 to offer, and only two went to production, but that's what it takes. They're not all good. But I mean, uh, wow. two out of 14 is a great number. Yeah, two it out is of 14 like, is a You know a good what, number. it's like, I always tell people, it's like, you know, if you have like two good ideas out of a hundred, yeah. you're ahead of the game most likely, right? You, you are, for sure. And these guys take pride in what they do. Yeah. They, they oh. don't want to put out crap. Yeah. Uh, but, so, but just like you and I, it's varied palettes, and you love your IPA. Yep. And you're a bit of a hop head as well. Yep. I'm the same. So, yeah. like, if I was tasting a, a paddle of saisons and sours, like, saisons, I'm, I'm like, oh, it's okay get me down in the IPA and then that's how and, you know it, and the struggle to get 14 that everyone likes is we had a, two customers I wish I could tell you their names they didn't even drink beer before they came to Fungal from Rock they came <laughs> we heard about this strawberry so they came in yeah and they literally drink seven days a week now beer they don't have <laughs> anything else but beer yeah but it's about getting people to try different things you're, you're a hophead what do you drink uh actually like dark yeah, like so, dark cask, well, like aged. Yeah. So we have a multi towers. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's there's just so many palettes for so many oh, people. I, I've got the set, exact same story with my girlfriend's parents. Dad, dad's a big pills drinker. Yep. Mum doesn't drink eight of them. <laughs> Mum doesn't drink beer at all. Yep. She's discovered sours, and now she's moved outside of sours into all the rest of the beers. Yeah. So and now she's a distantly retired destination brewery hunters. Cool. Traveling around Oregon, all through BC, <laughs> trying to find the next brewery wherever they're staying. That's awesome. And and, and it's kind of the ideal target market, I and, guess. Well, they've got cash. Yeah. They've got time. Yeah. And they have a palate that they want to try different things. Yeah. Right. The, the hardest part is how do you speak to that particular like retired market because they're they're not so savvy with technology either. Like I, you I, have to rely on their children to influence it's, them. It's funny. I don't want to get too much into a story but yesterday I was here Sunday morning sorry it was Saturday morning and the first 12 customers in average age must have been 60 to 65 12 in a row I'm yeah. sitting here going what has just happened and I'm like did we open a home and every one of them had a flight yeah. none of them had a sleep 12 flights and they all we call them racks but they all had different beer there were 65, 70, wow. 75 year old people. Yeah. Just, that's where craft is going. Yeah. That's, it's just evolving. And that's why it may be not taking as much market share now, yeah. but it's still growing. Incrementally, it's still growing. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely do think it's going to keep growing as well. It's just that the number of entrants versus that growth is the Wait, issue at hand. 
very high. Right. Yep. Um, but you know, one thing that I find really interesting is like that older demographic. It's like when you go to, you know, a pub versus say like a, a tasting room. Uh, age demographic, usually a bit older in the tasting room, which I like because it, it, it has people, that, you know, there's 19 year olds all the way to 65. Yep. It's just a really nice ambiance. But one thing that we found like really interesting in our travels in terms of the, um, tasting rooms is that uh, Facebook, for some, like it works fantastic because like everyone's on it. The younger demographic less so today, but the older demographic, they're on there and they, yeah, they at, are, and they, and they look at everything. Yeah, um, it's Instagram for for, for young, young, young people. Yeah. Um, we literally hit 10,000 followers wow. yesterday. That, that's a big milestone. Now we actually had a contest and uh, we hit that yesterday at about yeah. 9 o'clock last night. Wow. So it was good. Um, but yeah, Facebook people do get. Um, yeah. Especially the older, the older demographic. The older demographic like me get that. Twitter is still a player. Yeah. But Instagram's. It's Instagram's. huge. Instagram's. It's like the number one platform I, right now in the world. I have kids and. Sure. They follow me on this and are on follow Fuggles, but yeah, they're all over it. Uh, but the older demographic, you can switch to switch them to beer easier. You really interesting. Can. Yeah, it, you can tell any woman that drinks wine. Yeah, try that. Try that. Yeah, right. Oh, you like gin and tonic? Try that. Right. I'm not saying every company has this ability. Yeah, but using fruit in all of our sours, right? It's yeah, just different. Why do you think that it's easier to switch somebody that's older than younger? I don't know if it's easier. They try more. Once a more open-minded. Yeah, more open-minded is what it really comes down mm -hmm. to, especially in the female side of things. Mm -hmm. The male, they know what they want. Then that guy's yeah. going to come in. He's going to have his pixel, and she's going to try a rack of strawberry, right? Gin, and they're just more open-minded. Interesting. Yeah, they probably had more beer as well. They probably have a different palate for sure, yeah. And they, well, yeah, the, the father in law is, uh, you know, like and pills, like and pills, and slowly we've evolved them into enjoying a little bit more. Yeah, give them a light IPA. Yeah, or a pale, <laughs> or a pale ale of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Good. A gateway beer. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like the coolest part about the craft beer industry is that it does work like a gateway. Like, in a, there's something for everybody to get into it. Whether it's like you know something like the strawberry or or the gin and lime, it's like it's something where like people are like, oh, what is that? I'm kind of interested, and then they like start there and then they start branching out. Yeah, and I bet you most of those people start with a blonde or a Kolsch or at a pilsner. Lots of breweries are starting to make lagers now, which yeah. is everyone can make a lager. Yeah, um, it takes a lot of time though. It does, um, but if that's your volume, if you are in that market you better be a volume play and yeah um it's not a market that i we've ever wanted to play in um it's 30 something days in tank or 30 days in tank if you're i can put out a sour in 22 days right? yeah I can put out a strawberry in 24 days well especially at this time of year when you you're moving through all your That's tanks exact. you need as much space as possible yeah it's very true very yeah. true all right, we should. Uh, and anything we haven't covered that you wanted to cover or touch on, or that's our new logo. I didn't even notice it was there. It's on the glass. Yep. Interesting. So it's a bat skeleton. Oh. Yeah, it's on the Axeroid one as well. Literally just put those up the last couple of days. So and it's a fire and a hop. You see Tony? Yeah. Yeah. So it, we've taken that down and made it more hop-like on our, and we're going to introduce an icon. Interesting. Um, 
on every one of our beer. Uh, yeah. It's not out here. Shouldn't be. But yeah, that is the start of it. So, so do you want that on tape or do we when wait? When is this launching? Well, we... It'll, when... probably, it'll be more than a month. Yeah, that's... Okay. So that's our... But it'll be on hats and t-shirts and everything first. Okay. Perfect. So brand launching here will be... Our big party? Yeah. yeah. October 1. October 1. But you got revealed to... Yeah, and so when the yeah we just started teasing that actually on um, Instagram a few days ago that there's a corner of a uh, corner of the I you saw it yeah, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. so it, it's slowly coming it's uh, our hats are now launching yeah so one thing at a time our glassware will be here next or hopefully this week but so it's yeah. coming uh, yeah I don't mind you launching it cool well we'll we'll wait for something more on uh, Instagram. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we'll know to press go on our, on our Perfect. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for yeah, for having pleasure. us at your uh, beautiful like, tasting room. This is awesome. Definitely going to be back here. Our pleasure. Hope you enjoy Fungals and Warlock. Right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. it a lot. There you go.